0: Welcome, everyone, to the TZR Podcast, episode 98. I'm your host, Justin Skirbo, and today I'm joined by Michael Potts. I didn't prepare a thing to say. That is okay. I'm also joined by Shane Weaver. Hi there. Frank Nosich is here. Query. Is there someone that
1: is there someone that you need killed, Master? That's the first oh, time I've right. up my opening
0: line, but I know what the line was. Okay, Take we'll, it out, we'll, we'll give it to you this time. <laughs> and we also have a guest with us this evening. His name is Preston Doza. What's happening, man?
2: Yeah, it's good it's about time you had me on here
0: dude been too long i mean we've streamed together we've gone to conventions together but we have yet to podcast together it's a, uh, yes, it's pretty criminal to
2: hear my beautiful voice for however long this lasts for i yeah. apologize to all the listeners
0: no it's all good man do you want to kind of uh let people know what your background is and what you do
2: yeah sure um i'm a journalist by trade i work normally full-time at score eSports doing um, eSports stories, but on the side, I also um, review video games, and I write a column for the Zero Review called The Backlog, which chronicles my attempts to slowly whittle down the massive amount of games that I own.
0: I'll tell you what, it is a valiant effort, because whenever I check in on that article, I'm like, damn, he beat that many games already? (laughs) Like, it's nuts, man. You are (laughs) dedicated
2: I still can't believe the entire month of August is dedicated to like I'm playing Final Fantasy Twelve. Yeah. And when I beat that, my first reaction was I don't have to write about it anymore. <laughs> oh my oh, god, this is amazing,
0: dude. That's like almost every game that I review for the site. I'm just like, okay, let's uh, you know, let's get our let's get our feelings together, and then I'm like, okay, I need to keep going just so I can like get my head around this. But yeah, it does tend it can feel like a grind at times when you're like, okay, like let's just let's just get through this, you know.
2: Never mind the optional dungeons and all that fun stuff. Oh, God. Yeah, part of me is just like, all right, I'm going to try not to go for, like, all the trophies in this game or all the achievements. I'm going to try not to. But you know what? I will get every magic spell in this game. I <laughs> am going to clear the bestiary. You know what? That seems like a good, like, <laughs> amount of time.
1: <laughs> You're a far braver man than I because I, getting through that halfway point was enough of a grind for me that it almost turned me off from finishing it
2: yeah I, you know what i didn't actually end up going through fighting every monster or killing every monster because some of the requirements were like all right you're gonna wait in this room for an hour then it will yeah. spawn <laughs> yeah like you know, you know what i put 100 hours into this game already It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well
0: if you guys want to check out uh preston's adventures uh the backlog publishes every monday so you should definitely uh definitely check that out. But gentlemen, we have a number of breaking news topics to talk about, uh, as well as some higher level discussion just about games in general. We're going to be talking about this Atlas and uh, PlayStation 3 emulator debacle. We're going to be talking about microtransactions, everyone's favorite topic. And we're also going to be talking about some pretty crazy stuff happening on the Steam store as far as purging trash shovelware titles. Um, but first, I just kind of want to check in with everybody and see how everybody's doing, what's going on, and, uh, what you've been playing lately. Shane, what's been going on with you, man? I haven't heard from you in quite some time.
3: It's the month of September. What game am I playing? I don't know. What are you playing? I'm playing Metroid.
0: <laughs> oh, nice.
3: <laughs> or rather, I was until I've 100% completed it. So now I'm going to be playing it on fusion mode.
0: Cool. Cool, cool, cool.
3: What's fusion mode out? um a fun costume and more brutal difficulty yay cool, cool.
0: <laughs> no, the game is really fun i've been playing it a bunch too um not as like diligently as i guess i should be to make serious progress but i'm just like kind of having a good time you know breezing through it is
4: that the one yeah that no you, doubt. is that the one that you turned off your ds by accident without yes saving that yesterday? was <laughs> that was such <laughs> a fail I
0: i've been like making progress and just sort of closing it and i hadn't saved in like hours like at least like two hours and like as i put my hand in my pocket i felt the cartridge eject and i was like <laughs> no <laughs> uh.
1: question and i Incredible. swear i'm not asking this just to be a hipster but how do you like the look of the game versus the older metroid stuff on like gba like the sprite base versus the 3d
3: mm, i'd take 2d any day but as an evolution into uh, like a 3d engine it holds up like mm. I wouldn't uh, I don't I wouldn't have any specific um, direction I'd want them to head otherwise it's it's pretty solid for what it is you can't beat the the pixel art but
0: yeah you know. I was afraid that it was gonna fall into some sort of like weird like uncanny valley of like not feeling tight because it's like 3d now yeah. you know what I mean but it absolutely does like it it gets away with everything like flawlessly in my opinion that's
3: definitely its biggest accomplishment is is I, as far as controls go it feels like metroid or refines what metroid should feel like in 3d with the you know full free aim and even some of the melee stuff like melee counter yeah um uh yeah no it's i mean it,
0: it's yeah it's good stuff all right pots what do you been the plan
4: uh destiny 2 nice. <laughs> uh, uh i i just finished the story i'm really really weak um I don't know. I'm just kind of starting to do raids and stuff. I haven't joined any of the factions yet or anything. I haven't really been able to play very much, so I'm looking forward to, like, Friday night, playing for, like, five hours. Yeah, <laughs> It's definitely a good-feeling game,
0: you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we were talking about it a lot on the podcast last week, but it's something special and definitely oh, yeah. worth I it. I
4: mean, the first one felt amazing. It just, had there was, for a long time, there was no reason to continue playing it. Yeah. So, I mean, I got pretty deep into it after... um uh, the the Taken King came out a while ago but so this this really feels like just playing more Taken King again. I, I don't agree that the story is a whole hell of a lot better than it was in the first game, which everybody seems to keep saying. Uh, I think it's still pretty garbage. Well, <laughs> but it's, it's better by the sheer fact that
2: there is a story.
0: I, yeah, you're totally right I there. I
4: don't know that I agree with that. It's just like, I'm a big grunt from Halo and I'm going to take all the light. That's that's not really, like, a story. That's no more of a story than Oryx is an evil king and he's here to kill people that use light.
0: I I don't know. I think what it does accomplish, though, is, like, kind of shows you what, like the length and what the arc of the story is going to be. Like, I don't think they were going to go into anything, like, super long or grandiose or whatever. Like, I think this is one of what will probably be, like, three or four story arcs that will be yeah. released, like, down the line.
4: I, if it's a proper MMO, yeah. 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 I would say that my only real gripe about the game is that the, the story mode itself was really, really short, um, even compared to the first game. The first game just had a lot of story missions, and this one doesn't feel like it had very many at all it's like every time i feel like every time i spent like i went to a new planet it was like okay you're good and then you and then you leave and it was like well what i didn't even i you know it was like one mission per planet yeah and obviously you can go back and do all the other stuff that's there but i just i felt like they and maybe this was on purpose and maybe it's for the better but i felt like they really screaming like rushed through the story to just get you done with it which is not really the way that i liked play games I like to play games for story
0: well it's like not really that kind of game I think like it's it's not like a doom or like a Wolfenstein or something it's it's more of like you know that's just sort of like the catalyst to get you to the end game which is where the game starts kind of
4: I just I would have liked a few more missions
0: yeah
1: based on that pots I think you'd really get a kick out of Svotor because as, it's an mmo but they really put a lot of effort into developing all like the class stories right to get to that end point and i think like each one is something like 20 20 30 hours of gameplay Jeez. just like the story missions to get to level 50 and finish that arc before you get to end game stuff something like that yeah have but, you been uh, playing uh star wars frank i haven't played in a long time I, I, reinstall, I reinstall well swotor i haven't played in a very long time i reinstalled that like Few weeks ago, and then just kind of ran around on an evening. But I did finish my umpteenth playthrough of Knights of the Old
0: Republic too. Nice, mm-hmm. like that's a good game. Are you playing something 12, new 13? now? Since you've wrapped uh, it
1: up, I fin- well, I finished that, and then I've been playing a bunch of Pylon Rogue. You okay, get, uh, a review out on the dot com. If you're interested in the game, you can go check it out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you for that plug. <laughs> that was quite good.
4: I know you didn't yeah, finish. Fun. I know you didn't finish The Witcher yet,
1: Frank. What's going on? I Yeah, I took a break. Which from it. Witcher? I-
0: witcher 3
2: okay
1: i put 50 hours into it i finished everything up to novigrad now i have to go to Skellige, including a whole bunch of side quests wait um, you're 50 hours
2: in and you're jer- you're just heading up to that yeah yeah wow. i feel like yeah. i rushed through that game by yeah. Uh, you're no, like I'm at taking...
1: that point no no, you... no it, it's a fine blood wine you <laughs> slowly <laughs> and uh, savor it oh but yeah, there's like, so much game there jesus um, but, yeah, I've been doing a lot of side quests. I did, like, as far as I know, all the stuff for, like, Deekstra. I've done all of the stuff for, like... I haven't even done all the Witcher contracts, but, like, every time that, like, a, a side quest pops up that's within my level, I'm like, all right, let's go do this for a little bit. Yep, that's how, did it.
4: That. that's how I do That's how I do it, And then at too. some
1: point, I'm just like, you know what? I love this game, but I really want to go back and play something else. And then <laughs> that's when it's like, I really want to go through KOTOR 2 again. And then... So,
4: God, you're probably like one third of the way through all of the content. Maybe not a...
1: counting DLC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Oh, like counting DLC, or maybe a quarter or a fifth of that. Yeah, because yeah, I know that it just just Toussaint is bigger than all of
0: Skellige. Yeah. So <laughs> it seems like a bottomless well of content. Like. Yeah.
1: I mean, the... I'm not gonna stop playing. I'm gonna go back to it eventually. But for now, just a refresher, and then my. October scary games list I want to go through that stuff so oh yeah man yeah
0: so it's such a good time for that I'm ready to fire up some Resident Evil again
1: (laughs) uh I definitely want to go through Resident Evil so I played the HD remastered like two separate times but I've never finished it either time (laughs) what get around to actually finishing it dude that game's like eight hours long (laughs) yeah I know I just got sidetracked with other stuff like I started playing it last year and it's like you know what I kind of feel like playing Silent Hill and so I played through all the
0: Silent (laughs) Hill instead (laughs) nice
1: (laughs) Uh, I want to go through that. I want to go through Lone Survivor because I picked that up last October and I just haven't played it yet and yeah. I've only heard great things about that. Uh, Stasis I got earlier in the summer because it was a bundle for a Kickstarter that I was involved in and that looked really cool and I want to play that. And the last thing I want to go through is Dead Secret, which is a game that was recommended to me by a publication I follow that's all horror games hmm. um, rely on horror and they were really positive on it, so cool. yeah, that one looks fun too.
0: That's cool. Very cool. All right, so Preston, what have you uh, been keeping yourself busy with?
2: Well, uh, as if you've read, if you've read the most recent edition of my column, the game that I decided to tackle for every reason, because last week I beat Yakuza Kwami, which is a really good game minus a few frustrating, horrible boss fights. Okay. Um, I decided just on a whim, like after staring at the list of games I have, I'm like, you know what? I'll play Arkham Origins
0: okay and, <laughs> what, like the game's like yeah, what like two years yeah. old at this point
2: yeah and when i wrote the column originally i played it for about two hours and i'm like oh yeah this is this is a game all right this is gonna be a <laughs> slog to get through but um i think i put in the total of seven or eight hours now and you know what it's not that
0: bad is it like is it like the worst of the batman games though because that's kind of like my understanding I mean, of it
1: I like it better than Arkham Knight. I'll be honest. Like,
2: oh yeah, I think I think I still like Arkham Knight a little bit more. Like it's might be better than City, but I really don't like City. Um, City was the worst for me before this. Same here. Uh, I'm really liking the boss fights in Arkham Origins. Like if there's one thing that they did exceptionally well, like the Deathstroke fight. Like that's the best boss fight in the entire series like it felt like an actual intense like one-on-one like you were going up against one of the greatest assassins in the world good
1: oh luck. they get better they get way better as you go on like yeah, some of the boss I, fights towards the end are like is in my opinion they're even more compelling than that
2: i'm really looking forward to exploring it my biggest complaint yeah. with it overall though is that like the level like the areas that you explore inside and a lot of the like generic um oh here are some grunts beat up 15 of them in the fight like they're kind of boring it doesn't seem that fun really Hmm. which is weird because it plays very similarly to the other games in the series but there's it's missing something and i'm not quite sure what yet
0: hmm interesting
2: one of my complaints with Arkham City was that um, it didn't have as tight of an atmosphere as Arkham Asylum did. Oh, and that's Brad, totally
0: I, 100% true.
1: One hundred percent agree.
2: And yeah. Arkham Knight fixed it to some extent, though it still didn't reach the heights of Asylum. And I could kind of feel the same thing going through Arkham Origins, where it's just really bland and vanilla.
1: Yeah, I think the worst part about Origins are the um, the Enigma, like whatever Riddler oh. calls himself in there. Because you can tell that's just the rehashed idea of, well, we had in the first two games, we have to have it here, but he's not the Riddler, so let's work around that somehow. And it just feels like out of place for me.
2: And there, the, and there are none of the riddles for you to solve. All yeah. of the challenges where you unlock yeah. them are like, okay, so you're going to throw the rank through an electrical um, like power, like the wires are kind electricity flowing through them. And then you're going to hit a fuse box, and you're going to do that 20 times. And yeah, doing that is just like, I'm out. I yeah. do not want to do the side quest at all. Yeah. Hmm.
0: I mean, definitely an interesting game to pick up for sure. Like that, that yeah. is that is like definition, what I would consider a backlog game. Um, it's the kind
2: of game that like, I'm going to beat it, in pro- I'm probably going to finish it this weekend at the rate that I'm going with it. I'm let- I think I'm halfway through it at this point. And, like, I just have no desire to do, like, any side quest stuff <laughs> or, like, any of the challenge modes. I just want to beat it. And it's like, okay, I played it. Done. And now I delete it from my hard drive forever.
0: Yeah. 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 I like, have a couple of games that I want to move on like that. Like, I've I've literally been looking at a copy of Dishonored 2 for, like, almost a year at this point. And dude. I'm just like, what? Like, I just want to play it. I really enjoyed Dishonored 1. But, like i don't know why i didn't start this one yet it's just weird the same thing with me i picked it up in april and it's still in its plastic like
2: <laughs> i haven't opened it yet
0: yeah man yeah we should like maybe a compelling thing could be like once once you finish arkham origins we should both start that game at the same time and see you could beat it first
2: yeah or like or do even the thing where um, like i play as emily or you play as corvo and we just try different approaches to yeah Okay. And then talk about it. Yeah, that could be actually really interesting. Yeah, I
0: think that would be fun. Okay. Let's uh, let's pocket that one away as... for now. I think that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, you know what's been uh, capturing my heart and mind for the last week it has been Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. It is so good. <laughs> like, it is an absolutely ugly as sin game. Like, it really just yeah. looks terrible, and the story mode's awful, but the actual fighting is so freaking good like it's kind of unreal. Like I wasn't expect like I was expecting it to be good but not this good. Like I almost like it better than Marvel vs Capcom 3, which is kind of ridiculous. Ooh. What
4: about Marvel vs Capcom 2?
0: It is very similar I to mean... Marvel vs Capcom
1: 2 actually. Okay. So the only Marvel vs Capcom game I'm familiar with is the first one cuz that's the only one I've played.
0: Okay, so it's it shares a lot with uh that one they call that one like Origins now. Um mm-hmm. In the sense that it's 2v2. Um, mm-hmm. Did that one have stones in it, or no? No, this is no. the first game that's had, like, the stone mechanic. Oh, cool. Yeah, but, um... Because this one's, like, Infinity Gauntlet. something Yeah. Or something. yeah it's so... related
2: to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Throw it in.
0: Yeah, so it's, like... It's 2v2 like Marvel 1, but it adopts the control scheme of Marvel 2. So it's, like, light punch, heavy punch, I, light kick, medium kick. One. Yeah, and <laughs> then, um... But then it throws this, uh, you know, this Infinity Stone mechanic in, which is kind of interesting, because it it removed assists. So in 2 and 3 you could, like, call assists to just, like, throw a move out and run away. Like, that's completely gone. Oh, they had that in 1, too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah,
1: I remember spamming, like, War Machine's giant-ass, like, laser beam that he has on his shoulder and just, like, does an entire like, screen clear.
0: Yeah, totally. But, like, in this one, it's like it's more focused on, like, hot switching, like, you're just getting characters in and out very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Infinity Stone is kind of, like, it's basically the comeback mechanic, but the fact that you can sort of, like, change it up to do different things is kind of ridiculous. Like, you know, the Power Stone, um, has this really amazing, like, hitbox and, like, knocks the enemy back. Um, like, it, like, bounces them off the wall so you can combo off of it really easily. And then when you, like, activate it, it's, like, every move that you do has, like, really hard knockdown, which is kind of crazy. Um cool. And then there's like the Soul Stone, which can revive a dead party member, and like have you control both of them at the same time on screen, which is like really chaotic. But um, <laughs> it's it's cool, man. It's just a really fun game. I am afraid that a lot of people won't pick it up because it's ugly as hell and the story mode's terrible. Um, but that would be kind of well, it's a fighting it game. Yeah, yeah all, all the story modes suck. Uh,
1: uh, I wouldn't go that far. Mortal Kombat Nine. Yeah, I was gonna mode. say Mortal Kombat uh, and uh, and Injustice Two. So Injustice was good. I, I didn't play two, but I know Injustice One was really good. Yeah, that's that's
2: uh, yeah, they're good simply because all other fighting game storylines are just horrible in comparison.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's it's almost okay. like everyone was like so completely insufferable, and then those were like, okay, this is actually like something that I could see myself finishing. You I know. Mean,
2: have you played Street Fighter Five Story Mode? And yeah. Is versus Capcom Infinite's better or worse? Than worse. That? Because Five has oh, okay. Because Five was probably the worst I've ever played.
0: Yeah, like see, Five is really bad because it's like it's just putting all this like narrative and like dialogue in between playing the game, and it just goes on forever, and it's so slow, and like you really couldn't give a shit about what's going on. But like, imagine that same thing happen uh, happening in a really contrived like. Like colliding of worlds with like Marvel and Capcom, obviously. But then, like all of the characters that you like and are interested in, they have these extreme close ups of their faces, and they're so <laughs> horrible. Like they are so horrific looking. Like the most horrific, Dante. Dante in the story really? mode is like vomit on screen. Handsome devil. Like how do you? Morgan... Screw that up? I mean, Morgan looks really bad. Yeah, Morgan. Morgan looks like a deranged anime chick but like, and then she has like this weird like Irish accent, which is like very bizarre. A couple of them got better, like Chun-Li's is pretty good Jetta's uh, model is really good X and Zero look really good but their voice actors are awful Um, yeah, I don't know just a bunch of them are really bad. Frank West looks terrible, like uh, Oh god, I just looked some of these up, they're hideous I mean, they do, they do do some interesting things as far as like combining worlds, so like you know, in Resident Evil, how it's like Umbrella, and then uh, in the Marvel universe, there's like a uh, what you call it like a Hydra clone type of enemy called AIM. Oh, like,
2: oh yeah, AIM. Yeah.
0: So now they merged in these worlds, and now it's Umbrella, and they're ah. me- and they're like messing around with bioorganic weapons, and are essentially responsible for creating Venom, which ah. is kind of crazy so like
4: this, this sounds exactly what, like the premise of marvel versus dc from the 90s which was a comic where they smashed the two universes together yeah and it was like no it's always been this way look at these really funny and punny combinations that we've come up with yeah it's kind of their thing they i like mean it's to, it's uh, and, wow these and, cutscenes look terrible
0: yeah i mean at the very <laughs> least they're very like self-aware you know what i mean like the it's like, like, they're aware that the storyline is ridiculous, and they're commenting on how ridiculous the situations oh are, but it really is just completely insufferable. What is wrong
4: with their eyeballs?
0: Yeah, no, they're all bad. None of their
4: eyeballs move. Yeah. Captain, it's like, uh... Captain
0: America looks like the Tick.
4: He does! <laughs> it's,
0: <laughs> it's so bad, dude. It's so bad.
4: <laughs> they all they all have...
2: Tick DLC incoming.
0: Yeah, right? Those no, the,
4: uh, the eyeball thing from, like, um... Mighty Number Nine, where their eyes just never move and they never close.
0: Yeah, they just have dead faces. It's uh, just, it's just not good. It's uh, like,
4: oh my god, what is happening to Dante's hair?
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's bad. But uh, oh, it's good.
4: This is good.
0: But yeah, that that game has kind of been my uh, my main squeeze for a while uh, while playing uh, Metroid on the side. Um, and this is all kind of just like what's happening before Mario Odyssey comes out and the SNES Classic this week. So. Very exciting things to come.
4: These cutscenes look like they were made for, like, the PS2.
0: I just don't understand how they could have gotten through, like, any sort of QA department. Like,
2: Well, Chun-Li's uh, old face used to get, almost went through a QA department, remember?
0: Yeah, well, These... Chun-Li's face actually looks significantly better than it oh. did in, like, the, uh, the demo that they released. Yeah.
4: But like, It's the, improved. The, like, the way that their faces move reminds me of Sonic Adventure 2. Where, like, the whole face kind of spazzes out a little bit? Oh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's bizarre. All right, guys, what do you say we get into some news? Because we've got some big topics to discuss. I mean, I'm going to keep watching these cutscenes, but I'll also talk. (laughs) 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 So let's let's jump right into it. So the first topic that I want to go over is this Atlas uh, RPCS3 DMCA deal so are you guys aware of this so far do you want me to catch everybody up or get everyone up to speed
1: catch everyone up for the
0: sake of our listeners who may not be aware of the news sure so essentially what uh what happened is uh i keep forgetting the acronym r rpcs3 is the a developer of a ps3 emulator um Pretty highly revered. They've been running a Patreon for a while to continue to make improvements to the emulator, all this sort of stuff. So Atlas, the developers of uh, series like Persona, um, as well as Trauma Center. I love Trauma Center. Um, Trauma Center is really good, dude. I love those games. Um, so they uh, they basically filed a DMCA claim against uh, RP and their Patreon basically telling like issuing sort of a a cease and desist on uh basically allowing their emulator to run versions of Persona 5 and their reasoning is basically because they believe that it is tarnishing the like it's tarnishing their brand and also kind of, like, hindering people's experience with Persona 5 for the very first time, because they're... No,
1: no, it's more than that. They, they said that circumventing DRM.
0: Yeah. Um, I know in their actual statement, they, they do say, like, this is not the way that we have intended people yeah, to play yeah. this game and all this sort yeah. of stuff. But I think essentially what this whole DMCA deal is about is they know that people are downloading the game uh, for free, you know, going through... You know, illegal measures of downloading ROMs to play their game on this system. And I think this is an interesting topic because this is the first time, at least in my memory, that a publisher has straight up taken action against. Uh, an emulator or an emulator developer to prevent them from running versions of their software
4: and they they actually didn't just try to prevent them from running versions of their software they went above the developer's head and tried to get the entire patreon taken down yeah (laughs) i mean without even discussing it with the developer
2: at all Yeah. yeah they just were
0: yeah so i mean what do you guys think like do you think they had grounds to do this What's interesting to um, me
2: is that they went straight for the Patreon page and they didn't go for like the website or the emulator like themselves. They just went like gung-ho straight for the Patreon page. And part of me thinks that they're like, because we've never really, like, uh, to my knowledge too, I've never really seen a developer or a publisher go really hard after emulator developers before. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it kind of leads me to believe that Atlas is more upset that they could have someone making money off of illegally like emulating um, their game yeah
0: Yeah. it's almost like because these guys sort of open the door to allow people to download their game for free you know it's almost like it's it's harder for them to track down the people who are dumping the ramen and putting it up on peer-to-peer sites or whatever but they can target these people and basically say you know you're clearly the most popular ps3 emulator that's out there you know if they can cut that off at the legs or prevent them from running their software maybe it'll make a statement
1: i also want to say this to everyone listening uh, not to speak for you guys but i'm gonna also assume none of us have legal training we're not lawyers yeah definitely not. unless yeah. some of you are lawyers and i don't know about it
0: no but definitely definitely don't not. take
1: everything we say with a grain of salt we don't know the law like i don't know american law i barely know canadian law on it but <laughs> take it for what it is we're just speculating and observing and commenting
0: yeah, I mean, like, uh, like just from, like, an opinion, you know, point of view, I mean, I'm not... I, I don't hate on emulators at all. I don't personally, like, use them with any sort of regularity. I'd be lying if I said I didn't have, you know, one for almost every console that, like, I've ever cared about. But it's not something that I that I particularly use in any sort of regularity. And I don't think I would ever use one to play a new game that I'm perfectly capable and have, like, access to be able to play it. You know like it it just seems like a really kind of like shitty thing to do like if you're interested in playing a game like you should at least go through the effort of uh supporting the developer in some way and in most cases there's you know you might not have to pay full price to try a game you know there's Redbox, there's gamefly there's all this other stuff there are ways to play the game you know very cheaply and legitimately that don't like do damage that potentially don't do damage to the developer
1: you're right but then you're also specifically talking about software emulation or software piracy the question of whether or not atlas has any grounds to take down the emulator itself is in the air because i when reading that statement i found it to be full of like corporate doublespeak and trying to it's like a very homogenized or like very editorialized sanitized message that they're putting out trying to you know as all companies do make themselves seem like the good guy in a situation like this it's like if you go to nintendo's website and you look at their faq for the legality and there's one question on there well how come nintendo doesn't take steps towards legitimizing like nintendo emulators and they basically say oh yeah because it's illegal and that's like why oh you're that's like asking us why don't we allow piracy and it's not up for discussion yeah. And it's a matter of trying to drive traffic towards shunning the emulator and making it look like that's something that's inherently wrong, it's inherently bad, and you should give the money to the company. Which you should, because, you know, you should not pirate games. You shouldn't. It's bad. I yeah. don't think there's too much of an... There is an argument on the other side, but I don't lean on it too heavily. Um, but as for the emulator itself, they don't have the grounds to... T- like, even the publishers, like Sony can't really attack the emulator because the emulator, unless they're using software and hardware that Sony itself has produced, which most emulators don't, most emulators work on a reverse engineering process where they try and replicate the code without using any, um, any first-hand resources from those companies. So then they are they don't... That's why you don't really take action against them because you don't have a legal ground to do so. Yeah. As far as
3: I, 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 I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't... From what I read up on it, I don't believe they were targeting the emulator necessarily itself or the development of it but more so it's association with persona on their official no. website and on the patreon. No, no,
4: they wanted to take down the full patreon page. They didn't really but, say anything yeah. about the pers- I mean well, they, in, they in, tried well, to, they claimed it
1: by saying they, that there's detailed information on the website how to dump a persona wrong. Yeah, but their actions now that's up in the air. their
4: actions say a different yeah. they, they oh, give a they different them, message yeah. than their their verbal because you know yes. what they're saying is we don't want you guys to do this because you can, you can take our game and stuff. But like their actions don't agree with that, that statement. The I, statement makes it all about not. persona. The actions make it like we're we're gonna get rid of the entire emulator.
0: Well, I yeah. think it, I. <sighs> And I'm not sure what the the like mental process was to get everything started, but I think they were able to target the Patreon because that was sort of like the like there was an entity there. That was something that they could target to basically get them to say like, "Listen, we're not okay with your product." Um we're not okay with your product basically providing an avenue for people to steal our shit. But that's bullshit. Basically. Because
4: that's, that's like, that is like suing a gun manufacturer because you were robbed with one of their guns. I mean,
1: honestly, and and then honestly, the, the emulator website also didn't have links to illegal ROMs. All it did was give you instructions how if you already own the game, How to make a backup of it for yourself? But listen, if if I can, nine times out of ten, you're allowed to do when you own a piece of software.
0: If I can broaden this just a little bit to kind of piggyback off of what both of you guys are saying, I mean, I personally kind of look. I I, this is going to be such like a weird broad stroke thing, but I think you can liken something like emulation and ROMs and and this whole you know situation sort of like how people work with like gun control, right? Because it's like it, it's like if you're providing something that you know is most likely used for a thing. Like, guns are 9 times out of 10 used to kill people. Like, that is what they're there for. There okay. should be parameters in place to control the use of that. Whereas emulators are 9 times out of 10 used for people to download ROMs illegally and play them on it. Like, that is okay, that is literally, like, the assumption no. of them using that. I'm, I completely agree that, yes, people should be able to, you know, archive their stuff or whatever. But, like, if you can honestly say that most people that use emulators are using them to archive their shit, like, I'd have to say you're wrong on that. I can't
1: can't say that. You're right. But to say it's, like, nine times out of ten just for illegal gaming, I'd say it's in the majority. Most people do play it to play classic games, but I have a few things to say about that. One you're entirely negating the entire ROM hacking community, which is huge because by dumping those ROMs and making mods for them, you're creating new products. If it wasn't for emulators and if it wasn't for this ROM hack community, we wouldn't have had things like another Metroid 2 remake. Two, this is a valuable skill that people learn how to program by reverse engineering these these, prog- or these consoles and giving themselves a project to work on. They're learning the ins and outs out of manufacturing consoles. You're talking about an entire generation of people who are teaching themselves the skills to go on and make further video games. I think it does way more good than bad to work on emulation. And I had a third point now that I... Oh, yeah, I remember my third point now. (laughs) Uh, Why should I respect Nintendo's copyright when they don't respect the copyright and fair use of other people on YouTube? That's my Jim Sterling (laughs) (laughs) drop-off. That's all I'm saying on
0: that. Listen, Uh, I, I... I can't argue with what you're saying. Like I, yeah. I know that the rom hacking community is huge, and that there is a the lot speed of speed running.
1: Speed running too. You can't really speed rom on regular hardware the same way you can on emulator. Sorry, that just popped in my head. I didn't mean to cut yeah. you off. Yeah, Th-
0: there is a lot of of good that comes from it, and that's why I think this is a very complex topic. But yeah. I can't I can't necessarily fault someone like Atlas for taking steps to protect their product. You know what I mean? Yes.
1: I can't fault them for wanting to protect Persona 5. I can fault them for trying to attack the people working on an open source emulator and trying to get a profit from it because they're putting their own time into building code. That just so happens to be able to play software that Atlas didn't intend for that program to play software. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they can attack the software because there's mind you, I know it's built specifically so it works with that software, but you can't attack the software because,
3: because of that.
0: Yeah, Preston I and think, Shane, I, I know you guys wanted true. to jump in too. Oh, sorry. Shane, you could go first.
3: Oh, jeez, No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: bring you on the spot. But anyways, I'm not sure if you guys have read this, but the uh, RPCS3 team uh, made a post on the emulation subreddit, yep. yeah. and um, they just outlined what had happened, at least from my glance of it and reading through it. It doesn't look like Atlas is going any further with this right now. Mm. It seems that things are kind of for to well, I'm gonna say a chill right now. Yeah, yeah. like they haven't really proceeded further now that they've removed all mention of Persona Five.
3: Yeah, and that's where I took my understanding of you know them just uh, removing association because they are able to proceed with development it, now that they've kind of rectified those things.
2: That's not to say that they could come back later and like keep on pursuing the DMCA, take down the crest. Only time will tell if they do that and if this continues to develop further. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's
4: also not what Atlas asked them to do. They just did that, and now I think Atlas doesn't really have a leg to stand on anymore to pursue it.
2: So yeah, it it's... might have, it might have been because they specifically stated like, hey, you could do like stuff, you could do things with games like Persona Five. Like maybe that's what caused them to find it at first. Even yeah, like maybe they weren't even looking out for it until like it was mentioned, and then it's like, oh, now you're an Atlas's crosshair. So yeah, well, to do something about it.
1: Even furthering that, the the emulation team even said like, all right, fine, we'll comply with this. We'll take down any reference to Persona Five on our website. which is basically what atlas is doing but then if they continue pursuing trying to take the patreon down and attacking the emulator then you'll just see their bullshit for what it is so yeah
3: i think what what little uh credit well i shouldn't say little but what credibility they have uh, you know to act this like to take their action will start to be you know skewered into just trying to have control i would also like to add to like just as a whole
2: like look over at the whole situation um I've done, I've used emulators in the past, uh, mostly to play games like, there's no way I can play um, Terranigmia, for example, unless I use an SNES emulator, because mm-hmm. uh, it's impossible to find a copy of that. And or to unless fork
1: over a thousand bucks and get a PAL. Yeah, like, and...
2: <laughs> unless I want to ruin my bank account.
3: Yeah. yeah. But
2: um, I, and from what knowledge that I knew beforehand, um, I thought that, um, I thought that emulators for generations like starting from the PS One era onwards were like difficult to run. They were difficult <laughs> to work properly. They had a yeah. l- bunch of uh, bugs. And what Atlas doing this has like shone a light on it for me. And I'm like, huh oh, so you can do PS Three emulation on a PC. <laughs> yeah. and it's bringing and it's like the Streisand effect of you're bringing a lot of attention onto something, and you have a lot of eyes looking at it. Whereas before, they may have only been like. 200 people who knew about it. Well, suddenly now there's around 50,000 who know about this.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting that, like atlas just in general has been sort of like trigger happy in some of these more like sensitive issues because if you guys remember when persona 5 came out they were mm-hmm. like oh yeah they were like oh hey we <laughs> yeah. love that you guys are streaming this game but don't you dare stream past this one part or we're gonna be we'll super your house and drag and
1: your the, bodies out of the street yeah, the yeah. first yeah. time it was, was an arbitrary
2: you. date like they were like okay you can't go past june 30th well nothing happens in the game on june 30th it's just a random date. yeah and then they changed it to a story critical date, and then i think now like do everything. The hell you
0: want. yeah it was funny though because in that sense it was like a bit more positive because you had a bunch of people being like oh man like i need to know what happens after june 30th you know. Such... Yeah, but then they
1: were you know they're only doing that so they can like up their own sales, thinking like, well, if people watch it on on like a live stream, they're not going to buy the game. Which you know you can't prove that, they're... you can't disprove mm-hmm. it
0: either. But yeah, you know,
1: I don't think there's an adverse effect to watching streams I and would... buying games. I'm the opposite. If I see a game I'm interested in, I'll be more likely to uh, buy it.
4: I was gonna say I I I often if I see a game that I'm semi interested in but don't want to buy or play, I'll just watch somebody else play. I it.
2: would. I would. <laughs> say that as well, there have been at least a handful of times where I've been like, okay, I'm going to watch X game. Yeah, we were
1: already not interested in the game going into it. No,
4: no, I was very interested in Dark Souls, and then I watched like six people play it, and then I never played it. (laughs) Oh, we're going to have a talk. No, 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 because I tried to play it, and I hated it. And I realized we're gonna have 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 a longer talk. No, no, that's that's different.
1: You tried the game, you didn't like the game, and then you didn't get it. Why? It's not like, uh... well, I like this game, but instead of buying it and trying it for myself, I'll just watch it. That's good enough. That's a different, different, different. That's that's
4: another conversation where I think that there are some games that, for certain people, are
2: better for watching than they are for actually playing. and there have and there have been a few instances where I've watched a game, and then I'm like, I've got to buy it, and then suddenly I've put in eighty hours in Stardew Valley. So, yeah. you
1: know. Only 80? Psh, nope. <laughs>
2: on PC only. I bought yeah. it on PS4 again and then I bought
0: it on the <laughs> Switch later. Oh my gosh. Dude, it's going to be dangerous yeah. when it comes to Switch. I'm like so know, excited to play it on Switch. That's, yeah, really The works.
1: only downside, and again, this isn't me trying to sound like a snob, the only downside is you can't mod it on the Switch. There's so many
0: cool mods out there for the PC yeah. version. Oh man. Oh sorry, your oh, elitist man. is showing.
1: That's why I said I started off I'm by sorry. saying I'm not saying this to be a snob. I can't hear That's you it.
4: over your large pecks and your flowing blonde hair. Alright. <laughs> I think we're getting yeah. a little bit off topic. Yes. <laughs> yes we
0: are. Um, so let's uh I think I think this is a good place to land for it, but uh definitely something interesting. Definitely a uh, you know, a first for, you know, emulation news and, you know, stirring up stuff with publishers. So uh, I'm glad that we had a chance to talk about it because that was uh, definitely something that peaked my interest. So
2: yeah,
4: down with Atlas, am I right? Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) On to the next topic. (laughs)
0: Um, Okay, so what do you say we get into, um, I want to leave the microtransactions as our last one. So why don't we jump into this uh, shovelware and Steam purge situation? All right. Does
4: All that right. Sound good? Okay. So so Valve is finally starting to take responsibility for their platform. Is my understanding eh, of this.
1: Somewhat.
3: Sort I'm... of sort of.
4: Not yeah. really.
3: Sort of kind of. Maybe.
2: But hey,
4: they 0. You know, they, there was the whole green light thing and now they took down okay. 200 games. So it's like, you know, it's better than them just blatantly ignoring it and making more hats.
0: Yeah, so so to get us up to speed with this one, essentially what had happened was uh a studio called si- uh Silicon Echo Studios basically had published uh many games And I'm using air quotes when I say games because these were, like, very, like, slap job, not really great, you know, games. And many of them were sort of, like, iterations off of one of them. Like, there would be six games that were all the same game with, like, very, very slight variations. Um, And basically what, uh, what Valve did was they basically... Uh, looked at this company as an asset flipper, someone who was just putting things on the website to try to make whatever you know small bits and pieces of money that they could off of selling garbage games, uh, and then you know basically just wiped the slate clean, just took all of their stuff down, which is super encouraging because I think places like Steam and PSN and Xbox Live have really been suffering recently from kind of like. I don't even know what a good way to put this is. Like Low con- quality shovelware. Or...
3: shovelware. Yeah, yeah, like they're, they're, they're just yeah.
0: becoming inundated with shovelware. And I think this kind of highlights a problem that, you know, Steam has been trying to contest with for like, you know, over a decade. But now that it's, you know, kind of finding its way into the console space too, it's sort of like, you know, how do, how do these companies really fix this? Steam's only been contending with this for the last
1: three or four years because before to get your game on Steam that was a badge of honor that's how stringent they were with getting games on there yeah but then they opened right. the following greenlight and then there was a post made by uh, SteamDB. DB I think it was steam DB who basically runs a data data bank management uh, site that scrabbles steam for all of its data okay. and I think it was something like 60 percent of the game, of the platform's total library. Was posted or was uploaded in one year alone. That's last yeah. year. Yeah, like, I think it, it was something it's, like that.
2: It, yeah. it, it, like regardless of whether that's true or not, it has been steadily increasing, yeah. like dramatically year over year. Yeah. Like for a reference, the developer, um, Silicon, and they, the name always escapes me, but they're so small that it doesn't really matter. Silicon Echo Studios. Someone found that roughly ten percent of all games published in the last two months on Steam
0: were by these guys. Like, that's an astounding number coming out. It's kind of insane, too, because when you think of the business practice, I'm pretty sure the way that these companies intend to make money is not just from selling a bunch of trash games for under a dollar, but it's also, like, because they create, like, trading cards and then leveraging that side of the marketplace is just really, like, it's bizarre. I'm not exactly sure how it works, but... the way that I understand that works, because I've
2: sold Steam trading cards because like you can make a like you can make ten bucks if you have enough and yeah, use yeah. That to buy games and whatnot. But basically, um, people there is a subset of people who buy like small like lesser known games so they could earn uh, trading cards for them, and then either collect those trading cards together as a bundle or sell them individually so that they can make a profit on it. So a game could cost like ninety eight cents to buy. And then the trading card for it, like you could get 10 trading cards total and each one could be worth like 75 cents or $2 and you can make a pretty decent profit off of it.
1: Well, yeah. And so also what happens is devs, I think they take 10% of all sales for trading cards. That's was so I'm not mistaken, if which that's... is why, yeah, which is why you get games that are either given out for free or given out for a buck. Then they're farmed for trading cards. The trading cards are sold. So then you get whatever money from who's buying it. Cut goes to the developer. So if you sell a game for a buck, that's how you recoup some of your price by having a whole bunch yeah. of people to buy. it. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but I think the dev gets like a very tiny cut.
0: It's just bizarre, um, but anyway. So the actual like issue now is well, it's cool that Valve is looking at stuff like this and calling you know bullshit on it, but. I feel like the problem is so like deeply ingrained in what these systems are now. I think PSN might even be worse than mm-hmm. Steam at it's, this point, as far mm-hmm. as like a good games to bad games ratio. You know, I'm. Um,
2: I wouldn't okay. say so. I think that, um, before like as you mentioned earlier, um, Steam getting onto Steam used to be a badge of honor, and there were a lot of games. That got popular simply because there were they were one of the few titles on Steam, like a whole bunch of indie titles like Torchlight Springs to Mind nice. as something that, um, like, if it were released now, I'm not sure it would have been as popular as when it originally came out all those years ago, simply yeah. because it would have been on the front page for all of a day, and then there would have been 15 other titles just ready to take its place.
4: Well,
2: and because yeah. Diablo and, 3 exists now. So. And Diablo 3 exists, <laughs> and Blizzard finally got their heads Path out of their ass and made a yeah. really good game, and Path of Exile, and a whole bunch of other games.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, no, but but I find, yeah, but I find it really hard these days on Steam to try to find, unless it's really building up through, like, media or through word of mouth, it's hard to pick a lot of, like, it's hard to pick the cream from the crop, essentially. Yeah. Because if you were interested in buying a new game, you could look at the front page of Steam right now, and it would be like, "Okay, um, I have no idea about the quality of these games." <laughs> um,
1: oh, there's... Killer Instinct is finally released on Steam, and I had no idea.
2: Yeah, that that came on suddenly today. It but... came
1: it came out today. I knew it was going to come out on Steam. I had no idea when. It's out. There you go. That's <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. This is sort of
4: similar to when um when xbox used to do their summer of arcade and it was like oh here's how i know for the most part these are some really good indie titles because they've been curated for me and uh and now i feel like like i'm sure it's not as bad on xbox as it is on steam or playstation but it's i have no idea what any of this shit is yeah (laughs) yeah I
2: think in terms of PSN, um, when you brought this topic, well, when we were talking about this um, over messages earlier, Justin, the first thing that came to mind for me was a game that was available on Steam called Five Star 1000 Top Rated.
0: Yes. And (laughs)
2: this was a game that came out in June. And in the advertising for it, like straight on the store description, it said, how would you like to win a platinum trophy in just one hour? yeah and you could (laughs) actually get a platinum trophy with a whole bunch of like bronze gold and silver trophies on on the side in a total of about 15 minutes
0: it's just so gross and
2: yeah and sony removed that game i'm not sure permanently or temporarily and they asked them to remove all mention of trophies from it was that the
1: one it was like that sliding puzzle yeah it was yeah yeah,
2: it was the sliding puzzle one using like wallpapers like yeah, cost yeah. Nine, 98 cents to buy here's a platinum trophy which for all those people who want platinum trophies is like hot oh, damn i'm getting in on this yeah but psn i would say steam is a bit worse it's still worse in this regard just because the sheer amount of games on it the sheer quantity of it but psn I think like can... there have been a
3: lot of games that are coming out there like how did this get on? Like who let this game through? Yeah. I think if you're still at the state where you can highlight the shit that's coming out and not just have it envelop into the mass, then it's not near it hasn't reached, you know, Steam's level of poor poor quality control. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you have games like Life of Black Tiger being advertised uh-huh. on PlayStation's yeah. official channel. You yeah. Know? am I am I wrong
4: yeah. in saying that for Steam it's not a matter of quality control it's a matter of literally no quality control yeah
2: that's about accurate
0: yeah well mm-hmm. i mean this yeah. uh this move for purging uh silicone echo or whatever um that's kind of like them saying hey we're ready to
4: stop making hats <laughs> well yeah like we're, we're ready to, <laughs> to actually
0: pay attention to this uh to this service that we've created
1: i'm curious it's... on as to how much of a reaction this is, because the video that the article cites by Sid Alpha, who's awesome, by the way, and everybody should watch him, is my opinion. He's criminally underrated. But it came out in the beginning of September. And it's taken, like, three weeks now for this, like, follow-up to happen.
2: I yeah, think so... Valve is doing its, like, own thing of trying to prove it. Like, if something's brought to their attention that's serious enough, then they'll spend their own amount of time, like, digging through it. And whenever like the only time that I remember Valve acting with like any speed would have been a uh, digital homicide when yeah. they were like, hey, yeah. we're going to sue Steam users. And I was like, ah, no, and just <laughs> shut it down instantly. Yeah. Like, there was like they wasted no time with that. But otherwise, any time that they've talked about re- like truck, like remove some games or talked about like, hey, we're going to like make sure not a whole bunch of crap doesn't come flooding in. They've taken their sweet time with it yeah
0: yeah, Uh, it's just it's an interesting situation and you know Preston when we were talking before we were kind of like uh, chatting in the realm of like well what could a solution to this be and you had mentioned curation which I think definitely um, definitely is heading in the right direction Um, also if you need any good ideas for curated games you should check out the Zero Reviews Steam Curator channel set up by our own Frank Nosich <laughs> um like we I post like the, all of our reviews up there
1: and some extra bonuses.
0: Yeah. I mean like I really like the idea of curation <laughs> a lot, especially because you can kind of bind yourself to, you know, a brand or a person that, you know, really uh kind of resonates with you and that sort of assists, you know, lifting the uh the cream to the top. But I don't yeah. know, it's, it's like it's still kind of a minefield for, you know, a virgin user that doesn't really, like, know how to spot crap, you know? Well,
1: yeah, but... to be fair, and to give credit where credit's due, Steam is, or Valve is trying to overhaul the system. Earlier this mm-hmm. year, they did bring a lot of prominent YouTubers and prominent critics over to Steam headquarters to, like, talk about this stuff and kind of get a sense of where their faults are, <laughs> and while... As far as I can tell, the answer is still more automation and more algorithms to deal with it. They're at least aware of the problem. Yeah. So, yeah. they taking steps in the right direction, sure. I don't necessarily have my... I'm not necessarily holding my breath because I'm not sure how what's going to come out of it. But something absolutely needs to be done with all this garbage that's found on Steam. Especially with, like, impressionable kids who just don't know the difference. Yeah, <laughs> And, like, they'll just see uh, something and it's like, oh, this looks cool
2: it's cheap yeah talking about like the amount of first person horror games on steam Mm -hmm. that are absolute ass
0: like there's a lot yeah Yeah. it's it's crazy it's uh it's like the wild west out there all right guys so what do you say we jump into our topic of the show but before we do that i just want to remind all of our new listeners uh That we appreciate you thank you for listening uh know that our podcast is presented live every wednesday at 8 p.m eastern on our discord channel at discord.gg tzr you can join us live where you might have the opportunity to win a free game because we give away free games every single week uh if you miss the podcast on wednesday you can download it on itunes stitcher soundcloud google play music or any other podcasting services across the web uh, and you should also check out com for all of our news and reviews and awesome stuff, like Preston's Backlog, publishing every Monday.
2: It's a great column. You should read it. <laughs>
0: there you go. All right, now, before, before we go to our topic <laughs> of the show, I want to give away this week's free game. Uh, courtesy of. Who is this? Ben Hopkins, uh, the developer, or I'm sorry, Serenity Forge is the publisher on a game called Mystic Melee. This is a Steam game that we are currently in the process of reviewing now. It's kind of like a 3D platformer brawler kind of thing. It, it reminds me of something like Towerfall. Um,
4: it looks really nice.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty smooth. It looks pretty dope. Uh, a lot of different characters. And it's like this weird mix of uh, like 3D platforming and, uh, and brawling. So if you want to try this awesome new game out that actually just released like earlier this week... Uh, you can download it for free with the following Steam code LDZFJZ4TCREV39B9. So just one more time that is LDFJZ4TCREV39B9. I hope you enjoy your copy of Mystic Melee. And if you do enjoy... I it, will, Scarbo. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, thanks. <laughs> uh, if you do dig it, let us know in uh, the TZR live chat channel and on our Discord. And um, we will say, hey, you're awesome, and thank you for listening. You get a free shout-out. There you go. All right. How do you
1: say no to an offer like that? A free game and a free shout-out.
0: That's what I'm saying. Who doesn't like Man, free stuff? Man, we're just giving it all away. It's the best. All right, so <laughs> let's say we get into our topic of the show. So, guys, the new hot thing that everybody is talking about and/or complaining about is microtransactions, which have been owning the headlines over the last week or so. Feels like the last month, but uh, it's been—it's uh, only been—or if
1: you're a Jim Sterling no. fan for the last three or four years, it's, yeah, that's
0: true. I mean, it,
4: it may have been a month because it was big with Destiny 2 when that came out. Yeah,
0: that's true. Shaders. Yeah. Yeah, so what brings it into the headlines in the last few weeks is uh the pretty horrendous inclusion of microtransactions in NBA 2K18 uh which if you have not yet had the chance to see it it is pretty bizarre it borderline looks like an app game. Uh there is a uh, virtual currency that you can use in game uh that's needed for the career mode. Um and it's something that you can occur in game very, very slowly, but you can also just buy it in giant heaps for $5, 10 20 50 or $100 at a time, which is absolutely bonkers to me. So
4: it is an App Store game?
0: Yes, basically. It, it
1: sounds exactly like something you would download on iOS Whoa. or Android. Yeah,
0: it's unbelievable. If you actually like look at a screenshot, you're like, wait, this is this is a console game? Like, This is a $60 game, and they're putting this kind of shit in there? It's pretty bizarre. What do they get you... I, I think it, Yeah, it's things Even that stats. help you. So what you do
1: yeah. is you have to spend the virtual currency on customizations for your character, stat upgrades, and yeah, I think it's those those two major things. So if you want like a new haircut, you have to grind it out. So if you like, want like a wristband, you have to grind it out. If you want to shoot a little better, you have to grind it out.
4: They're really uh they're really taking this uh as long as it's an aesthetic change only, we can do whatever the fuck we want thing pretty far now, aren't they? Well, this one <laughs> so its here actually... It's not a,
1: here it's not yeah. an aesthetic thing, because you start off with a paltry amount of virtual currency that can bring, according to like sources, bring your average up from a 60 to a 62. So you need to play very, very well in the game in order to earn more virtual currency, but with an overall of 62, you're unlikely going to have very good games where you can earn a lot of currency which means it's just going to prolong the process. So it takes a really long time to grind it out. But hey, that's okay. If you don't want to play that long, you could just spend the money on it. Drop a hundred bucks and well, then you'll that, be good to go.
0: That seems,
4: I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about it, but the um, the Shadows of War, Shadow of War, whatever thing, where the guy, yep. the uh, you know, the, the one guy came out and tried to defend it and was like, no, this is for people that, I mean, I'm going to paraphrase it to make it funny, but this is basically what he said no, this is for people that don't want to take all the time to play through the game and deal with all the hassle of playing the game. Yeah,
2: so... (laughs) I think his his actual statement is better, where he said it's for more player choice, like the choice of not playing the game. Yeah, so...
4: His point was, if you don't want... To go through all the difficulty of having to play the game, which is the reason you've purchased the game, you can just spend money so as to not have to play the game.
0: Yeah. So, so this statement yeah. is actually kind of what made this whole uh, this whole topic sort of come to a head. Um, a lot of people are kind of angry with how uh, Warner Brothers Interactive is setting up Shadow of War with this kind of really. Uh, it's really so, horrendous it,
4: it, it's so weird for, to have people mad at Warner Brothers I feel like they're so untouchable
2: oh, for
0: <laughs> Warner
4: Brothers uh, is it touchable?
0: what yeah no definitely not yeah I'm kidding <laughs> hate
4: oh, oh sorry I thought you were being <laughs> serious no, Like they do everything wrong they've never done oh man
0: <laughs> I was gonna say thoughts like what happened man yeah it used to be a for, contender Batman vs <laughs> Superman greatest movie of God. all time oh my gosh Jeez. anyway 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 yeah, but uh, uh Go ahead, Rustin.
2: Yeah. Um, for reference um, to our listeners who haven't been following Miller's Shadow for um, the controversy surrounding microtransactions in that game is that there are loot boxes in the game which you can uh, buy and they'll contain gear, including like weapons and armor of like different varieties, XP boosts, which lets you, which uh, lets you level up. Uh, your character faster and chests that allow you to gain orc followers so instead of like actually playing the game to get experience or hunting for gear or struggling to get a really powerful orc followers you can instead just buy them and you'll get a random selection of them
0: yeah so i wanted to basically use this this situation, these this, you know, amalgam of situations to kind of talk about microtransactions in games in general. But I think specifically for Shadow of War, the conversation is interesting because this is like a single-player title. You know what I mean? It's like, it's very bizarre to me that that would be, you know, s- such a uh, such a highlight for a single-player title, and especially loot boxes. Like, personally, I find loot boxes to be the most like, insidious version of microtransactions, because it's like, if there's something that you want, like, like I play Overwatch from time to time, right? And I love D.Va, and there are just certain skins that I want for D.Va and nobody else, right? But, like, I can't just buy them, you know? Because I, would, I need to open up loot boxes to either randomly get the you know the skin that i that i'm looking for or get enough duplicates where i'll get currency in the game to then buy it it's like
4: i feel like the irritating thing with that is that i'm sure somewhere along the line they were like hey have you seen how like these trading card games operate where people have to buy all these packs and they don't even get the things but here's the bullshit thing right like i play magic the gathering if i want a card i can just buy that fucking card yeah. I, there's numerous outlets for me to just go and buy a single card. There is literally no reason to buy booster packs ever. You can't do that in something like Overwatch. There are, There's no outlet for you to just, oh, I, I just really want to buy this one thing. Like, I would give Overwatch money if they let me buy the thing I wanted. But because it's random, I'm not going to pay them for it. It's... Like, I can see their point of view, but it's like, it it also has to be losing them a considerable amount of business because there are cheap people like me that are like, no, if I could just buy the one thing I wanted, I would. I would give you the
1: money. You're not the target, I would think, of Overwatch's marketing department. The targets are your whales who are willing to put down, you know, 50, 100, 150 bucks on loot crates and continuously roll them until they get that one piece of equipment that they want like will... they're the people that they're trying to attract with loot boxes not the people who are just like i just yeah. want this one piece of gear and i'll be happy they're like no i have to have it all i have to have all the stuff
2: yeah. yeah yeah i mean i will say one thing in blizzard's defense in terms of overwatch at the very least um they recently over the past few months made changes that it's much more unlikely for you to get duplicates
0: mm-hmm.
2: in loot boxes so that it always encourages you to get new items because, as I'm sure anyone here who has gone loot boxes or has paid for loot boxes in Overwatch can attest, I really don't want to get the same Reaper skin over and over again. Totally. Yeah,
4: I feel so, like, there, and I know there are games that have done this, but, like, you know, loot boxes normally have stuff like unlockables, like new costumes or whatever, and then they have the stuff that you reuse, like you'll use one, uh, consumables. I... I know that I've played games where the unlockable stuff, your costumes, your weapons, you get it once and you can never get it again. That, I think, is a far superior system in terms of just, like, user experience than one where you can get the same costume over and over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this also gets particularly grimy when it's like... I mean like what are your guys feelings about like something like the shadow of war situation where the things that you're getting in the loot box are ways to progress in the game like i'm i'm trying to do my best not to sound like you know like a snooty like game player or whatever but part of me thinks that that's kind of bullshit in the sense that it's like like you're not even really playing the game. Like you're not earning, you know, well, that's, your like what you're accomplishing in this game. You know what I mean? Like I
4: don't even I don't understand it in the context of that game because what's the point of <laughs> well, what, like, why are you playing the game if you don't want time.
0: to
2: play the game? But then don't play, play the play game, then! Like, game. I like. I'm not saying it's a good reason. I'm not saying it's no. a good reason, but like that is a reason that, that's not that provided. Like, that doesn't it, make any sense, though. But
1: even, pers- even if you take away the thing, even if you take away the thing of like, uh, like being a snooty player, um, it's bullshit. Like, frankly, it's what Sterling calls fee to pay. It's you buy a game and then you have to put more money in. You don't have to, but you put more money into the game to play it for you. And it, why? In a a multiplayer game, I can understand having some system of unlocks or some cosmetic system to make you differentiate yourself when you're playing against other people because everybody, well, most people like cosmetics. Most people like cosmetics when they play. But in a single-player game, when you're playing by yourself, and again, I'm using this Jim Sterling argument because I think it's absolutely brilliant. How bad is your game if a selling point is you don't have to play it to get the stuff in it?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, now, like,
2: I mean, how much I confidence think it's...
1: in that product do you have? Part of if the you don't want people to
2: play it. Part of the Shadow of War thing, though, is that um, and is that um, the developers have repeatedly stressed this: you can play the game without um, using without using microtransactions at all. The game is balanced around. Not having microtransactions, which leads me to believe that microtransactions are more of a Warner Brothers forcing this upon the game situation. Shocking. So I'm not really gonna, I'm not really gonna go all that, out on the devs though, because the devs are, to some business for multiple business reasons, beholden to Warner Brothers in this case, and to their publishers. It'd be another thing entirely if it was like an independently published game, and like the dev- and the devs didn't have a third party publisher um yeah, creating it
4: i would imagine it's uh, often the publisher's idea and yeah not the, yeah yeah much yeah. much like yeah. when you have a garbage movie it normally is because it had something to do with the studio
3: and not the director yeah yeah yeah, yeah. shane what were you jumping in with well i was just gonna say like kind of i believe this this style of microtransactions kind of feeds into what we were referring to before with watching you know let's plays of or just, you know, watching a game play, play out online rather than actually playing it yourself. But they're kind of tapping into that by providing players to actually spend money towards progressing further instead of dropping their game and watching the rest online. Well, let me throw this at you. And, I feel and I'm like not that... saying that in a positive light.
0: Don't oh, no, 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 I'm with you. I'm with you. But, like, let me, let me throw this one out there, right? And... You know, stop me if this is crazy, because I feel like I've brought up, I've brought up this topic, you know, at times in the past, right? If I'm dropping sixty bucks on a game, right? I go to the store and I buy Shadow of War, sixty bucks, boom, now I own Shadow of War. Like that is my game, right? Shouldn't technically and I, I, this might sound blasphemous, right? Shouldn't technically I have access to every part of that game regardless like why should I have to pay to see other points of the game that I already because own? You know what same I mean? Reason that no, we that have that's
3: online paid
0: services. But it's I like so, it. so, so here's, here's, here's well, the deal though. Here's the deal be, though. That's bullshit. It, it's like if I buy a movie, I can fast forward to the end and just watch the end if I want to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Games are fundamentally different in the way that you can't really do that. But like if you, man, you wanted to do that, shouldn't you have that ability? I wouldn't I don't think that I should have to like you know, if I suck at this game for whatever reason and I still want to see the end of it, like, I think it's bullshit that I would then have to just, like, pay for random bullshit that'll help me get further in the game. Like, I, I don't know. It's it's just weird. Like, yeah.
1: well, I no, don't I think that you should have to put any more money into the game once you already buy it in the first place, unless it's specifically so, like a yeah. multiplayer only game. And even or, then like, I'd
2: say there's some exceptions i'd say cosmetics are pretty like for me at least like if you want to pay like uh whether cosmetics is a loot boxes are a good thing or not i'm not so sure yet but if there are cosmetics in the game available as microtransactions like dyes or like or, or clothing that you can um place over that has no stat
0: changes that you can just yeah. use for aesthetic yeah. reasons like that's my barrier of like okay but yeah no cool. I'm I'm yeah. totally with you. I think that kind of thing Unless is completely thing, acceptable. But... I think it's a little ridiculous when you see people like is it like i can't remember if it's call of like, duty or counter strike that has like you can like paint a gun with a skin and then put a sticker on it and then put a gloss on yeah, it that's counter strike yeah Fucking that's exactly crazy. That.
4: in counter strike you also need to buy loot boxes and keys separately no
1: no no loot boxes are, loot boxes are drops you don't have to buy yeah, them okay. you have to buy the key to open them i yeah. yeah. that has always been Valve. that's been Valve's business model you get the loot boxes for free, then you have to pay for the key. And yeah. then you have a community, like an economy of trading for hats and what have you. That's it's their so thing. Nonsense. Um, but, Here... like, on the other hand, we shouldn't really be surprised because, like, in the case of Warner Brothers, this is the same company who put out easy fatality microtransactions in Mortal Kombat in case hitting the five buttons was too difficult for you yeah. to see, like, the fatality. So the cynic in me says, like, of course they did this. It's Warner Brothers. Of course, AAA publishers are going to look for ways to nickel and dime people
0: i think the but, part that irks me about it is just like it's almost like insulting you know what i mean it's like almost insulting to say like insulting. to say like hey we don't like you know not that we don't think you're good enough at the game but if and when the time comes where you realize you're not good enough at this game we totally have this avenue where you oh, can just geez. pay your way but it's all cosmetics.
1: i think anyway, it's
4: mostly mo- i think it's more like hey we know that a lot of you are idiots and we can squeeze yeah. more money out of you
2: so we're we know going that we to... have a lot of cows well something that, something that i want to do is i want to find someone who i want to talk to someone who um buys the microtransactions for this like buys the loot box buys whatever and is totally okay with doing that because they want to get to the end faster or they want the best weapons or whatever what have you i want to talk to that person because i want to find out like why do you
3: want to do this?
0: Yeah, no, that would be interesting because like, I've heard in the past that there's like the, you know, and now I'm giving you like a crazy scenario here, but it's like, there's the, you know, CEO who runs a company and works 80 hours a week, but like, you know, he also <laughs> likes to play video games, but he doesn't have time to play them all. So he just gets all the microtransactions and stuff so that he can, no like, sense. be souped up. And no, What happens. is the point of playing no, no, the no, no. game,
1: then? <laughs> no, no, no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I actually have heard that argument before, and I think that does carry some weight because either you want to invest time or you want to invest money into a game. And if, yeah, yeah I've, I've heard that argument before. I think it has some merit. But in the case of a single-player game where you can literally pick it up and put it down at any point, I don't understand why you'd want to go into it with the mentality of I'm just want to unlock all these like little all these little frivolous drops. Yeah. Like to be fair, we don't even know the kind of equipment that we get. We know we get orc followers. We know we get like some cosmetics, but are they? They're not going to lock any story required. No. It's like it's like it's like Zelda game. You're not going to put the master sword behind in a loot crate, for instance. So yeah. you can still finish the game with all that stuff. This is purely a way to nickel and dime. And mm. on top of that the cynical part of me thinks that this isn't geared towards adults at all i think this is targeting kids well i, I think this is targeting kids mm, to like beg well, their I, parents for their credit cards to, to get the things that they to, really want to essentially they don't have to participate,
0: participate in like gambling would it yes. what is essentially yeah. gambling yes. it's just yeah. crazy like and i feel like this sort of brings it into um oh god what was the other there, there's like another angle that i was looking at this from oh, i totally just blanked sorry no <laughs> no, no that's okay <laughs>
2: To let you think about for a moment, okay. um, when we were talking about the microtransaction stuff, when you brought it up, one of the games that I first went to, and this is going to be so niche, like I apologize in advance for this, but one of the uh, games that I play regularly, it's a mobile game, it's called Fate Grand Order, and it's—and um, one of its main functions is it's single player only, uh, there's no multiplayer, but you gain units similar to Fire Emblem Heroes, you draw them and they're randomly assigned to you, or you can pay $33 American to make a roll for like 10 of them. <laughs>
4: Jeez.
2: And it's something that for me, like $33 is way too much to make one roll for like 10 units that you're not even sure what the hell they'll be. But I have a coworker and friend who did it and he's totally okay with spending that kind of money on gambling for a possibly good unit. And he didn't get anything good at Fly. For a fucking he, like, mobile game. <laughs> yeah, for a mobile game. like. But that's the oh, thing. It's the
1: like yeah. psychological part of it. You're targeting the sort of people who would fall victim to gambling. Yeah. And I'm personally of the mindset where I think, like, loot crates are basically gambling. Rolling for unlocks are essentially gambling. I don't think that you necessarily need a financial transaction or you have to be able to win money in order for something to be gambling. I think that's sort of been outdated. That has to be updated, but that's exactly what the system is, and you're cashing in on that sort of that sort of behavior.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I, I remembered what I was uh, what I was thinking about before. So, Frank, you brought up the argument of, um, well, you know, the game can still be played without any of this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can still move through the game with that stuff. I'm sort of of the mind where like. In any scenario, like, I, I have – I can honestly say that I've – I don't want to say never, but, like, I am not a microtransaction person. Like, I think I may – I might have spent a few dollars on, like, Fire Emblem Heroes when it first came out or, like, uh, Star Wars Galaxy Heroes or something like that, but – um On the whole, I don't like microtransactions. It's not something that I'm interested in. And most certainly not in a console-based $60 game. Like, definitely not, right? Yeah. But it's really, really bothersome to me when I'm in that game's world and it makes some reference to real-life dollars because it absolutely, like... Absolutely decimates my sense of immersion completely. Like I remember, uh, like Dead Space Three, right? Um.
4: Oh, don't say that. Yeah. No,
0: Dead Space 3 is, is a perfect example <laughs> because no, that game, it's
4: hidden. It's so hidden it's in Dead not Space hidden. 3. It's on a, it's on a menu all the way off to the right that you would never have to go to. First of all, Hot, I'm not sure why not, you're
0: defending still this still game because it microtrans- was a bad game. I, I was going you know, I was actually game. Gonna, game.
1: It doesn't matter how hidden it is. I was going to bring up the fact
4: that that was actually it was hysterical to me that we thought that that was bad at the it time. It still is.
1: It is bad. It is
3: hidden it is
4: hidden away where you'd never have to look at it. now now you can't play a game without somebody popping up like fucking Destiny 2 for instance in order to uh, open the engrams that you get for your you were level upping after level twenty, you have to go to the microtransaction lady. And she's like, Oh yeah, I'll open this for you. By the way, microtransaction you, you want ten more? <laughs> yeah. Us, Which it doesn't bullshit. matter that
1: it's hidden. It's the fact that it exists in the game. No, period. that's
4: and I'm not arguing against that. But, yeah. but at least they didn't have the gall to throw it in your face like everybody well, does I mean, now.
3: <laughs> that was at a time when they That, that was new. That, it was like, like it was, was like
4: they were embarrassed of it. Which is good. They should be embarrassed of it. Well,
3: yeah, because it's a negative practice slowly being implemented and, yeah. you know, threaded through. And now we're at a point where it can be more exposed because it's just accepted.
1: Yeah. It was Not that thing it's thing any better, it's
3: just there. Yeah,
0: yeah it's just yeah. status quo. I would,
4: I would happily, same. happily...
0: Same thing with pre-orders. I would
4: happily take a game that was single player, that had microtransactions in it, that were in a random menu that you have to dig for, then compare it to one where it's in your face 24-7 I when you're think, playing. Sure.
3: I think we all would now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> let me, let me
0: put it to you this way. When you play a game, when you play any game, at some point don't you dig into what each of the menus are? So, oh, you can, so you can so you can figure it. out what's you're going on it,
4: So not, then there you go so it's then you, like it is it's in like your like face it's in the middle where you have to scroll past it every time to get you have to like purposely go to that menu in that game it
1: doesn't it doesn't matter like it's still there you can still access it yeah i mean you're i think you're going the bigger, to eventually the, find it because it's not bigger, like if it was so hidden that you the player couldn't find it in the game then what's the point of putting it there in the first place What's the point of put, like hiding it so it's unobtainable or unfindable? It has to be found somehow so it can be interacted with. You're eventually going to find it one way or the other. Now, if you have the willpower or if you just choose to ignore it, that's another thing entirely. But you still have to make it visible enough to actually access it.
0: Yeah.
4: But Destiny and literally I mean, forces me to look at the microtransactions okay. every time I level up. And that's and yeah. Fine, I'm not saying that that's,
0: that's uh, you're 100% yeah. right in, that's, in saying that that is a bad thing. Yeah. Um, it's just
4: it's yeah. funny to me how how aghast people were when Dead Space Three came out, and it's like, well, it's gotten so much well, worse well, since it's, then. It's well,
1: that it. was almost also exactly. it's like how Shane said, it's how you always implement new sweeping changes. Pre-order bonuses were kind of scoffed at, and now they're like you can't sell a game without pre-order bonuses. Season passes were like, How dare you do this? Or like online passes if you bought a used game. Also, yeah, those are just standard fare now.
3: One of the greater evils in particular with dead space 3 is how it affected the game design and how weapon crafting really was implemented for the sole purpose of them being able to have microtransactions implemented where i imagine if microtransactions weren't a thing ea wanted to push for that you would have went through dead space the same way you would have in the first two games where you just collect you know, items as you go rather than craft them. Totally. So it affected that game's, you know, design process. And so I think that's a lot of where it also got bad, a bad rep for what it did. Yeah. Yeah. So,
2: so, so Dead Space 3, when it came out, it got a lot of uh, flack for the microtransactions and how they were implemented. Um, Now, like Shadow of War and NBA 2K18, as we've seen, they're getting a lot of flack for it. And it's been years since, it's been years between either title. When is the breaking point for people, do you think? Like when does it become too much? Well, it's
3: when do we like, have to start stop. implementing new gambling laws the same way we had to implement the ESRB? Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I have I a agree. feeling
0: that there's – like, because I can only look to previous examples of stuff that got to the point of so ridiculous that they had to be gotten rid of. You know what I mean? Like do you remember the yeah. online pass – like yeah. that was a yeah. thing for I was just a while mentioning that and yeah, it's just mentioning that <laughs> yeah and people were so like vehemently against what that did that they had to get rid of it i think the problem with microtransactions now is that they're accepted in some contexts so now developers across the board can say oh well this is necessary for us to develop you know games of this scale or whatever which is like i don't know if that's bullshit or not i'm not an economist but like it still makes for a you know and un- like th- I feel like when there's microtransactions that ex- that are outside of anything other than cosmetics, it inherently unbalances the game full stop. Like, it ha- it has to, pay-to-win. you know what I mean? Chinese
1: MMOs, where it's pay-to-win, like the most egregious yeah. kind. Yeah, um, which sucks, because so my- Blade & Soul is really good. Like <laughs> my, my take on that, like, what's the breaking point? I think that AAA publishers in particular have demonstrated if you give them an inch they will take a fucking mile like as much as they can and i think the breaking point will be when the industry gets so bloated when AAA gaming in particular and like maybe smaller studios who fall in that wake they will be asking for so much money out of consumers consumers will just like be i can't afford this hobby anymore Mm. and move on to something else yeah i think at that point it's just going to be like a bloated corpse just like avariciously hounding for money and you know they're just not going to get anymore because the 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 small number of people who will keep feeding into it will remain but like the majority of people will be like no in canada a new game cost
2: rather than 60 years ago and that's too fucking expensive i would you said the majority of people don't care if voice that they don't like this i think it's the opposite i think it's only a vocal minority that's saying it because I think that most players have accepted it as a thing that will exist and continue to exist for the future. For me, I don't think we're anywhere close to reaching a breaking point. I think yeah. like we're not we are not at the bottom of the barrel. We're not even halfway down that barrel. Oh, we are yeah. still this somewhere near the top, and they're going to come up with new ways to, uh, to implement microtransactions. There's going to be new ways to put in loot boxes. And it's going to keep going on for a long, long time because the only other thing that they do is that they can make money. They know that they can make money off microtransactions, and they'll yeah. continue to make money off microtransactions. And I, the only way that I think that they won't is if the base cost of games increases further, which means that they don't have to do microtransactions anymore, or people will object to
1: them. But they don't have to do micro—they they, don't have to do microtransactions now. Like, I honestly, I'm not an it, economist it, 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 either, but I can't see any AAA studio hurting for money so badly that they need to subsist on microtransactions to keep their business afloat. I don't see nah, it. Not with the help of the industry is right now. It's
2: another revenue source. That's It is another, it. Revenue stores, another, another revenue source, but. And another revenue source? Means, means, oh, but that just means that their profits go higher. And that's literally all that matters for them. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I recognize that. I'm just saying, like, from that. Yeah, it's not I, about I making you
0: know enough money, it's about making more. Money. All the money. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I think really it's, like, it's gonna, it it has to come down to what we hear from, you know, anybody who says, like, oh, if you have a problem with this, vote with your wallet. And I think that's really what it's gonna have to come to. Because if people, like, recognize, like, let's say Shadow of War, right? It's getting all of this attention for this microtransaction stuff. Like, Like, suppose we lived in a world where that game did terribly like i'm talking sold like under a hundred thousand copies like really fucking bombed you know what i mean well then what would happen the publisher would
1: blame the developer they'd disband mythic and then just try it again with another game like it would have to take a series of failures like that and a series of people saying we didn't buy your game because of your bullshit business practices warner
4: brothers would assume it was
3: because it was a single player only game
1: yeah yeah I, think yeah,
3: yeah I think they would just have to see that microtrans like they'd have to look in their sales of microtransactions and see that that failed and yeah. it's probably not going to so
4: i think a game would have to sell really really well and they'd have to make absolutely no money on. nothing microtransactions. on microtransactions yeah yeah yeah
0: pretty much <laughs> so so nintendo titles yeah sans amiibo <laughs> Well, no, Amiibos. No, I, in... Honestly,
1: I, I think Amiibos are another kind of microtransactions, yeah. basically.
0: Oh, no, I totally think they are, but I'm saying, yeah. like, Nintendo titles tend to sell really, really well. Like, I'm pretty sure when they were calculating how much money they made off of Breath of the Wild, they but... weren't including also, Amiibos in that. Also, but How least...
3: much influence uh, does Nintendo have on AAA publishers? Uh, so that's that's, that's a good back. point. <laughs> and also, yeah, at least, business level.
4: At least with Amiibos, you get like a cool little statue and you're paying 10 bucks for a cool statue
2: i've got amiibos and i've never like really used them for either u or switch i just kind of keep it's like oh they're cool i have the uh uh, my uh, Luigi amiibo i'm looking at right now yeah it's cool i have a
4: couple uh marvel whatever the marvel amiibos were called i've got three or four of them just because oh
3: the uh I will say with amiibos, it does tie into the problem you brought up uh, before Pods, which was, you know, if you want a specific kind of unlock, you're going to have to go buy that specific kind of amiibo, even if you don't care for that amiibo. So, you know, if I want that particular You know, Sam, er, or sorry, Metroid that just came out. If I want fusion mode, I gotta get that Samus amiibo, even if I don't actually want that amiibo. And the problem
4: with that is because Nintendo doesn't make enough of anything, and also because it's a physical product that actually exists, you can Mm -hmm. gouge prices on those. Oh, yeah. So you may want that costume in Breath of the Wild, but that particular. Uh, link that I'm looking at on Skirbo's <laughs> counter here is like $45 instead of
0: 10 That's
4: true. Mm-hmm. That's Which brings us back true.
1: to the question of why do people emulate their games
0: instead of buying them legitimately? <laughs> I
4: can't imagine why that is. It's
0: all full yeah. circle. Uh, well guys, I think we've gotten pretty in on this topic. Uh, definitely, definitely a to-be-determined as far as the future of microtransactions are concerned. Um, But, yeah, I think I think this might be a good place to jump off. What do you guys think? Yeah. 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 I want mean, to go to that. All right. Well, <laughs> I want to thank all of our listeners again for joining us on Episode 98 of the TZR Podcast. You can join us every week on Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time at discord.gg slash tzr where you can listen to our podcast live. If you miss it live, then you can download it on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, or any other podcasting services across the web. If you have any questions for the podcast, you can uh, reach us at podcast at the zero review.com or you can drop us a message in our Discord chat. We are there basically all the time. Uh, feel free to subscribe, follow, or like any of our social pages and check out thezeroreview.com for all of our news and reviews. We have new stuff coming up every single day. Thank you, Potts. Thank you, Preston. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Shane.
1: Thank you, Skurbo. No problem. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for no, being the that holds us together.
0: <laughs> it was an absolute pleasure, Preston. It was ab- an absolute pleasure. Shane, Frank, and Potts, you guys are all amazing. Thank you again to our listeners, and we will see you on the next one. Hello.